good morning and a very warm welcome to you all this morning. It's very cold outside and snowing not very far away from us, so we'll just have to hope that we stay in this little bubble. <laughs> um, please remember, you can see how busy we are today. Please remember to check with Maima if you're wanting to book a seat or cancel a seat. You all know by now how to do that. Next Sunday, the 5th of December, we will be celebrating the Sacrament of Holy Communion. And it's also the Christmas gift service. Please bring along any unwrapped gifts, which will then be given to the Night Before Christmas project. And if you haven't read it already, all the details about that are in the magazine. Okay, but basically gifts for all ages, it's children right through teenagers and adults. So unwrapped so that the people can see what, what's in them. Um, next Sunday, please. And communion will also be held at the midweek service, Thursday, the 2nd of December, so Thursday of this week. The next Zoom chat is on Thursday, sorry, Tuesday, the 7th of December, so a week on Tuesday. The craft team is now meeting every Tuesday afternoon between 1 and 3 in the hall. As things are still difficult, as you know, we're not having a Christmas fair this year, but we are very grateful for any monetary donations. If you can spare some cash that you would normally have spent at the fair, then please put it in an envelope. And please remember, if you are eligible for gift aid, please mark that on your envelope. There are quite a number of envelopes have come in already and thank you very much to everyone who's already contributed in that way. But there is still time if you haven't quite got round to it yet. Depending on the completion of the work in the sanctuary, we're hoping to hold a Christmas tree festival on Saturday the 11th of December. But we will let you know next Sunday whether or not that can happen. Okay? If it does happen, the theme is hope for our world. Thinking about how climate change is affecting the world and what positive things people are doing to make a difference. If you would like to decorate a tree, either by yourself or with a group, please give your name to any member of the craft team. A reminder that the Kirk session is on Thursday of this week at half past seven, and that's on Zoom. It's not an actual meeting, it's on Zoom. Articles for the December edition of The Messenger are required by today, please. My halo is shining because mine's been in for a few days. If you would like to add a Christmas greeting in the magazine instead of sending Christmas cards, please send the details with a small donation to Elizabeth. And that would also need to be done today, please. The next meeting of the Guild is a Christmas afternoon on Monday the 13th of December at 2 o'clock and all are welcome to come along and join in the fun. And the new free will offering envelopes are available to uplift from the hall at the end of the service. And it would be helpful if you could take any that belong to people that live round about you, any of your friends and neighbours. That would be a great help to Moira. Thank you very much indeed. Good morning. How are we today? It's good to hear that you're all well, and hopefully those who are joining us online are also well. Uh, it gives me pleasure today to welcome Alistair and Liz. Um, Alistair and Liz were mom and dad for us when we initially arrived in Scotland. 
and they hosted us for two weeks and more, I think two weeks and some days in their home and it's, it was quite good. I can tell you that Liz cooks very well. Uh, so welcome Liz and Alistair, so good to have you. Uh, and it's also good to see some of you who have not been around for some time. It's so good to have you here. Today is a special Sunday and I've not done my practice. So when I start to uh, fiddle there, uh, bear with me, uh, it's the first Sunday of Advent. Um, why don't we bow our heads as we pray together this morning? Let us pray. God of all light, creator, the light of the world, we approach you with joy as a community, with gratitude for your love, and with prayerful stillness within our hearts as we come to you this morning. You are such a loving God. You hear our prayers and hear our groaning in, inside our hearts as we shout and as we whisper to you. Today we start a new season, a season as we remind each other and ourselves that you are coming. You are coming as a baby, but you are also coming soon in your second coming. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let me check one, two, three, testing. Um, So as you know, today is our first Sunday of Advent, um, and we light candles to remind ourselves of something. I think most of you, you would agree with me that we have endured this past few years and know that there is more to face before us, especially if you've been following what's on the news. We don't know if we have the strength to withstand what might be coming our way. And we wonder, and we stand in awe, and ask ourselves, who will have our back? Who is going to be taking care of us? Who is with us? That is what we begin to wonder these days. And we, we ask ourselves, is God there? Is God still in action? And I can assure you he is. For those who are asking who is on our side and who is going to welcome us if we are to leave this world, Jesus will. Today you will hear once again in Jeremiah when we read the passage in Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah speaks of a branch that will be raised and Jesus, in Luke chapter 21, spoke of a son of man that would descend. And they both point to hope. A hope that calls us home. Our true home. Not this world, because this world is not our true home. But our true home where we are welcomed by Jesus Christ. Where there is justice and where there is equality and peace. Friends, it's time. This Advent season, it's time to remind us we will go home. 
We light this candle as a sign of our hope, our strong hope that there, will, there is a way to go home and Christ will pave the way for us to be home with Christ, to be home with our loving and caring Father. So we light this candle today. Let us pray. Lord God, help us always to remember that we are redeemed through our belief in your Son. No matter how far we stray, you're always right there waiting for us, loving us. We rejoice in your steadfast love for all the people of the world, fulfilled in the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as you know, we will be preparing, we are preparing uh, not only for Advent, but we are preparing to get back in church. And I think most of you are excited about that. Today our first hymn is Christmas is coming. And so as a way of testing if we, we will be ready to sing in church, uh, there are no words, but we have the music and the words will be on the screen. Let's join as we sing. Christmas is coming. Let us pray. God of all blessings, source of all life, giver of all grace, we thank you for the gift of life, for the breath that sustains life, for the food of this earth that nurtures life, for the love of family and friends without which there would be no life. We thank you for the mystery of creation, 
for the beauty that the eye can see, for the joy that the ear may hear, for the unknown that we cannot behold, filling the universe with wonder, for the expanse of space that draws us beyond the definitions of ourselves. We thank you for setting us in communities, for families who nurture us, for friends who love us by choice, for companions at work who share our burdens and daily tasks, for strangers who welcome us into their midst, for people from other lands who call us to grow in understanding, for children who lighten our moments with delight, for the unborn who offer us hope for the future. We thank you for this day, for life, and one more day to love, for opportunity, and one more day to work for justice and peace. For these and all blessings, we give you thanks, eternal loving God. God of hope who brought love into this world, be the love that dwells between us. God of hope who brought peace into this world, be the peace that dwells between us. God of hope who brought joy into this world, be the joy that dwells between us. God of hope, the rock we stand upon, be the centre, the focus of our lives, always and particularly this Advent time. And now we pray in the words left to us by our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And let us not temptation, deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, power and glory forever. Amen. Thank you, John. So today we are reading from uh, Jeremiah and Luke chapter 21. And these passages, they talk about the signs to come, the signs to come. And I've often wondered, you know, when uh, as a person who grew up in Africa, uh, we used to watch on TVs and we would see uh, the Christmas tree and uh, how people would be in the cold and, you know, with the snow and so forth. And that, to some extent, that marked for us, you know, the signs that, oh, Christmas is coming. Uh, what, what are some of the things that remind us of Christmas? What are the things that show you when you're walking around uh, that is now nearly Christmas time? Or Christmas is coming? Lights. The lights. Decorations. Decorations. Christmas tree. Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Carol singing and, you know, what else? Christmas crackers. Mm, Christmas crackers. You, you can hear from my son, he, he's looking forward. Uh, so these are some of the signs of the coming of Christmas and to remind us that Christmas is coming. But now if we turn uh, the same you know, subject into the second coming of Jesus. Can you think of some of the signs that tell us that Jesus is about to come? Can you think of any? Hello? None? All right. Very good answer. Very wise woman. 
Thank you, uh, Maureen. Indeed, it's complicated, but I want to encourage you to go back and read your Bible. You can ask me for some pointers, but I don't want you to be too lazy. Go read your Bible. And some of the good places to read is Luke 21. Uh, you could also go and read in Revelations. Uh, but when you read the Bible, especially the passage that we are going to read, we're going to just read a small portion of it. But Jesus said to his disciples, here are some of the things that you need to watch out for uh, as signs that the Son of Man is coming. And I think it's a very complicated subject, but to, to, to make it easy to understand what followed after what Jesus said was of course the destruction of Jerusalem and the taking over in terms of power and so forth but there are things we need to watch out for as Christians to tell us you know I was I was reading somewhere and it said there are more than 700 signs said in the Bible about watch this to know that the end times are coming and it's quite interesting to note that according to this uh, author about 500 plus of them have been fulfilled um, so while it's like Maureen has said it's very difficult to know we need to be aware and to be ready all the time and today I invite you to think about the signs that we see and what they tell us. Because it's important to read the signs, but also to get the message. Uh, John is going to read for us uh, from Jeremiah 33, verse 14 through to 16, as well as Luke 21, verse 25 through to 36. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteous Saviour. A second reading from the Gospel of Luke. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the anxieties of life and that day will close in you suddenly like a trap, for it will come in all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch, and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, 
and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. May God add his blessing to these readings of his holy word, and to his name be all the praise and the glory. Amen. You know, I've always said this, and I want to say it again. We sing to God, and we also sing to each other. And sometimes we sing to self. Um, the, the next hymn we sing is, Give me joy in my heart. Whether you're saying it to yourself, or you're saying to God, God, give me joy in my heart. We sing together. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, sometimes when, when you've, I think first, first hymn was not so good. This was better. Um, I'm hoping that the third one will be like, wow. Uh, because, you know, part of it, I want Liz and Alista to go away knowing that we can sing, you know. Um, <laughs> like I said this morning, if I was going to give a title to my sermon, it will be, they will be signs. Watch the signs. And this morning, I aim to encourage you to do four things as you watch the signs, as you wait for the second coming of Jesus Christ. But before I do that, I, I, I 
find that, you know, confessions are to be made in church, right? And I think I need to make a confession. Um, you know, I have, you know, I'm still growing and I'm still young, but I, I'm, I'm discovering things about myself. I didn't know this part of life, you know, that you, you keep discovering things about yourself. And one of them, and even though I've been hinted on, uh, I've just discovered that, you know, I'm not good at reading signs. <laughs> you know, like getting to understand the signs, read this in between. Uh, and let me tell you a story of what happened this past week. So this past week I received a message from my lovely wife. So now and then because, you know, we've got boys, uh, when one is running that way and the other one is that side, we tend to text each other uh, for things, you know. So I received a text message and in the text message there was a picture attached to that text message and the message was simply saying, wanting these. So it was attached to that photo and these, these referred to the chocolates. Um, so I read, so you know, <laughs> me being, <laughs> being Nigel, and this is where it's quite clear that I can't read signs. You know, I, I received this message and I read it and I said, okay, I'm sure she's, she, she's wanting these some other time, you know. Uh, <laughs> I missed it. I missed it. So there I was, and it, I mean, by then, trust me, it was around 10 past seven, and we tried to put, you know, the kids to bed half past, so I was just about to put them to bed. So I went straight after that, put on my pajamas, and then I was, I was ready. So in other words, it was, there was no chance that I was going to, to do something about this message. And then later on, she asked me and she said, love. And I said, yay. And she said, did you get my message? Uh, and by then I was in my pajamas. It was too late. So I want to encourage you, don't be like me. Watch the signs. <laughs> Watch the signs and read the signs well. Now, many of you know that the word Advent, we talk about Advent, it comes from a Latin word meaning to come. And we all know that first Sunday of Advent is always focus, focusing our attention on the future, whether the future being Christ is coming as a baby on Christmas or the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I must say, yes. Christ is coming. And I think sometimes we often take for granted the message of Christmas. But I also think it's bigger than what you proclaim or what we proclaim to each other. And I wonder what comes in mind when you look towards the future or when you think about tomorrow. What comes to mind? We all have a future, that's for true, that's very true. We all have a future and we deal with the future differently. Some of us deal with the future in fear. We are so overwhelmed by fear and anxiety and we just worry and we worry and we worry. Now it's unfortunate that if you were to look 
on the television, on the news, you might actually get to be worried more. You might be frustrated more. And of course, I also know that some don't care. They just say, wow, that's life, and I don't care. Some have got money and they say, you know what, I'm going to invest my money well, and I know that I'll get returns out of that, and that's okay. And some have got policies in place and they say, you know what, because my policies are, are okay, I'm sorted that way, so I don't need to worry. And of course, for some, they just say, you know what, I trust in God, so, so be it. Life goes on. I, I, I'm not sure how your story, when you look into the future, looks like and what you do. But one thing for sure is Christ will come. And he will come. And I think if there's anything that Christians in 2020 to 2021 have been so conscious of is the second coming of Jesus. And I think some of you, I am part of those people as well. I, am, I can't wait for the second coming of Christ. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I want to die. I'm saying I can't wait to see the reign of Christ. I can't wait. We all long to see Jesus rule this world because we are, we are aware. We read the Bible. It tells us that the devil rules this world. He's the, the prince in this world. And I think you read the Bible. If you read the Bible like I try to do, you will hear that in the New Testament, it always talks about Jesus coming soon. And I think one of the prayers that you read in the last, towards the end of your Bible is this, come Lord Jesus, come and come quickly. Now, as we think about the coming of Jesus quickly and soon, I have four things that I want to encourage you to do. And they could easily be summarized this way in four words. Confidence, trust, watch, and pray. These are the four things. So let's start with the first one. Confidence not in self, but confidence in the Lord's coming. The first thing that we learn is that the believer is to face the signs of times of the second coming of Jesus Christ with confidence. And listen to the words that Jesus uses in this passage. He said, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. We are close to the sea. Men will faint from terror. Apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar when you look around on your tele television? Just turn on the news and you will hear something like this. The new COVID variant 
is coming our way. It has been identified in Southern Africa. And you think that's the worst? You take, you turn onto another channel, you hear that there is war in Darfur and in Yemen and in Libya. <laughs> and there are all sorts of devastating news that are surrounding us. You look into our very vicinities, our three towns, and you hear that that little, that young man is still missing. It's been months now. And you wonder what's going on. And I think if you've got children and when you look at the news and you've got grandchildren, you can't but be seized with fear. Fear that what will happen to my children or my grandchildren. And yet Jesus says that in the face of these things, in the face of these signs, these dramatic and sometimes devastating things, believers are to be confident. And I, I think when I think of that saying to myself, I'm like, how? How do I get to be confident when I can see the reality of things and I can really connect with what is being said? Jesus says believers are to face these things with confidence. The question is, what's your response to these things around you that you are hearing, that you are seeing, that you are trying to read what they mean? Are you to fear? Are you to be filled with the same kind of feelings like unbelievers? That's the big question. And the answer is no. We are not to be felt, filled with fear like unbelievers. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to how he speaks about this in verse 28. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Now you, does that make sense always? Probably not. Because when you have got a close relative who is not well, you can say, but, but look at the, the, the diseases that we have. Look at how cancer is devastating us. And Jesus is saying, because of Christ, because of the grace of God, because of the gospel, what should terrify the world should not terrify you and me. In fact, we are told that it should bring comfort. In fact, we are told that when we see the tribulation, the struggles we see now, then we know the kingdom of God is near. The Lord is coming in one moment, in one hour, in one day, in a month, in a year, in years to come, which are like this to God. The day of redemption is near. And so Jesus says, Remember now when you see these great signs and you will see the trials and tribulations, your response is not to be trembling. Because when I come for you, that will be a great day of celebration. All things that you have waited for will be yours and in your position. And Jesus is saying, have confidence. 
how do how does confidence come part of the confidence comes by trusting in the lord's coming trust in the lord's coming now jesus does not end by simply saying have confidence he goes on to say you should have faith we walk by faith not by sight and after these great signs that he describes in verses 25 and 26, he says, And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And that's a picture of God in the Old Testament, according to Daniel 9, verse 13, where it says, So this is a very clear, resounding indication of the fact that disciples of Jesus need to look at Jesus and trust Jesus. Do you see how Jesus evokes trust in his disciples and you today through his word when he is saying you need to trust in me? And, no, and then notice what he goes on to say next. He says when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, your redemption is drawing near. We've heard this. And then look down at verse 32. This generation will not pass away until all has taken place. And of course, we know historically that some of the generations that were listening, the, the disciples that were listening at that particular time, they were able to see the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. Then in verse 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. How do you get confidence? Part of gripping on the confidence is this. You know that the word of God will stand forever. And Jesus is saying, my words, you need to trust. I'm sure some of you will immediately think of what one of the prophets in the Old Testament in Isaiah 40, verse 8 specifically, he says, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. And Jesus is saying, my words are forever. My words will last longer than this world. And why is he saying this? Why? Why is he saying this to his disciples? Because he is saying to his disciples, you can bank on my words. So if your confidence is going away when you look around you, when storms are coming, you can bank on the words of Jesus. They are of enduring value and they are of a tested truth. Believe what I'm saying to you, says Jesus. Don't be discouraged by the words of the cynicist who will tell you all sorts of things. My words, you can trust my words. Now, if this week becomes tougher for you, can you hold on to the words of Jesus? They will never go away. Jesus is not just saying that his words are, are going to outlast Israel, but his words are going to outlast the world. They are going to be around when the world is gone. Do you hear me? 
the words of Jesus will stand forever. And that should give you confidence. And you and I know that only God in the flesh could speak and say these things. And he says these things so that we might face his coming trustingly. So there is the first thing, confidence. And then the second thing, trust. The last two I will try to be as brief. Watch yourself in preparation of the Lord's coming. In verse 34, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Now, what is remarkable to me is who Jesus is saying these words to. He's not saying these words to rebuke the Pharisees or the scribes or the Sadducees especially about worldly living, he's not addressing them. He is not saying this to a bunch of unbelievers. No, he's not talking to unbelievers. He's saying this to his own disciples. He's saying this to Peter. He's saying this to John and James. And he's saying, be careful not to let yourselves become occupied with too much feasting and, and drinking and with the worries of this life. Or that day may suddenly catch you like a trap. He's telling his disciples that if the disciples needed to hear this, how about you as a believer? How about us in 2021? If John needed to hear this, if Peter needed to hear this, if James needed to hear this and to be encouraged by this, not the unbelievers. These are the words told to you and I as believers. Watch yourself. And I know that, you know, some will forget life in its own value when it comes to Christmas. It will be like just spend, 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 spend. And some, they just forget everything else about life as if it's, it's, it's their birthday. It's Christ's birthday, isn't it? So that's what Jesus is saying in this passage. Be confident, trust, but watch yourself. Watch your life. Make sure that you are not so caught up in the things of this world. You may end up losing sight of the things that matter. The servant of God must see that there is only one state of mind which becomes the believer's state of mind, your state of mind. And that state of mind is the one that is saying, I am ready. I'm ready. If it is today, I'm ready. I think Maureen has said that we need to be, to be ready anytime. And what does that look like, to be ready? The last thing that I want to encourage you with is to prayerfully prepare yourself for the Lord's coming. Be always on, on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Now, isn't it striking to you that in this passage, Jesus says, stay awake and pray? 
And what is Luke going to record in the next chapter when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane? He's asked his disciples to pray with him for a little while. And what is he going to say? They fell asleep and they, they didn't pray. Now Jesus here is saying, stay awake and pray. And we know the story of the disciples. They fell asleep. They couldn't keep up. Now that's not a picture and a warning. If that's not a picture and a warning to you, I don't know what it is. Do we take heed of Jesus' call that we stay awake and we pray? Do you pray consistently? Do you pray every day? Do you pray any time you wake up in the evening? It's not by coincidence that you are up. Maybe you can say a line and go back to sleep. If we are praying, we are praying for the kind of things that Jesus tells us to pray for in this passage, that we would have strength to endure the trials and to stand before the Son of Man and say, yes, we are ready. Is that a regular part of your corporate prayer to pray the Lord come because we are ready. My friends, we are in the season of Advent and every Sunday is like a reminder. Of course, now we've got Christmas, but every Sunday is a reminder that he's alive. One, two, that he's coming soon in any time. So what if we looked at our lives and our world and we began to read and understand the signs? What would we see? What would it mean to us? Yes, the Advent season of our lives can be long. It can be difficult. It can be painful. But we never face those seasons without the signs of hope and the reassurance that Jesus is with us. Are you going to be like me? Fail to read the signs of times? Or will you open your eyes and say, God, have mercy, help me, that I will wait and be ready. We will trust him and walk with confidence and prayer, being aware that he is God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Advent God, we bring our hopes and our expectations into this world that is crying for justice, into this world that is crying for healing, crying for he he restoration from you. We bring our prayers to you. Save us from this short-term thinking and short-term planning that never takes you, Lord, into account. We give you thanks for the many blessings that you give us. And for these gifts of money, we submit them to you. Lord, bless. Make your face to shine upon them. For the extension of your kingdom. We pray that, Lord, each and every one of us, as we give our gifts, our talents to you, we pray that they will be used for the extension of your kingdom in our three towns and beyond. 
Help us to see the world with a different perspective, to see the signs around us and to read them well, to be honest with ourselves about what is happening and why, and to seek solutions and choices that bring long-term benefits for others. In a time of darkness for many people, threatened by the rising inflation, the rising fear that is coming through COVID-19 and the many, many, many different variances coming. Lord, we pray that you reach out to us, touch us, and never leave us to be the same. In the season of Advent hope, may we uphold all who strive to bring well-being to others, knowing that in so doing, they also bring well-being to themselves. Lord, we pray for you give us hope, Lord. You are the hope of the world. Give us the confidence that we need. And Lord, sometimes we, this is how we see it. We, we, when we are healed, when we are sick, that brings a bit of confidence in us. When we pray for something that we so need and you give us, Lord, that helps us. It boosts our faith and our confidence and our trust. Sometimes we, we tend to forget that your word stands forever. And Lord, right here today, there are some who are not well. The blood of Jesus Christ that heals, touches, that changes, that blesses. May you, Lord, reach out to us now. We need you, Lord. And we pray, like John says in Revelation 21, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly and now. Come touch and change our situations. Lord, we pray for our scientists, our medical personnel, those who are providing services even in the midst of all these challenges. Strengthen them, Lord. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is hymn 273, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
please stand. May God bless you with tears, tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to give them hope. The blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit abide with each and every one of you, those you love now and evermore. Amen. Thank you.